Yeah, absolutely something big's happening here. We get to celebrate the fact that our king is, is risen from the dead and he's uh, living to all eternity and it, it absolutely is a, a beautiful message for us to take. The, as I bring this suitcase out, I, I think of uh, a world right now that has no idea what's special about today uh, because they don't know Jesus uh, and that amount of people is growing by leaps and bounds that do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But today we, uh, God's children, get to be in person and celebrate the Easter message and the hope that we have. Uh, so it's just a, a great gift to be able to be here uh, together. Um, I'm going to take just a handful of minutes here and spend a little bit of time just kind of sharing a message with our kiddos. Uh, but because of social distancing, I'm going to kind of do an exchange uh, from the stage area here, and I'm going to ask the kids to help me um, by participating. And so I asked the question of the kiddos, do you have anybody in your life that is super, super important? Who has important people in their life? Raise their hand. Yeah. Some of our important people might be our moms and dads, the ones that brought us to worship this morning. Uh, but our whole last year or so has been phrases like essential workers and all these other things that we can give God thanks for that have made it so that we can even gather here uh, in places like this worship and event center and be able to have an opportunity to worship Jesus as our Lord and King. So I'm going to ask you to help me out, boys and girls. I have some hats that, that kind of point to some of those essential workers um, that are important in our life. Let's go easy. What's this one? Firefighters, yeah, men and women, fire men, fire women can wear these hats, and this reminds me of all of those that are on the front lines, uh, those emergency service personnel, and you know, I'm going to throw in any of our medical community as well, um, just that putting their life on a line so that we can be safe, uh, and there's police officers and, and firefighters and ambulance folks and, and hospital workers that are working even today uh, to make sure that we're safe so we can give God thanks for them, right? Even on Easter. What about this one? Cowboy. cowboy. Do we have a cowboy over here or a cowgirl? No? What's wrong? We need some cowboys and cowgirls. You know what's kind of neat about this is it, it reminds me of one, yeah, we do need cowboys and cowgirls, uh, ranchers, if you would, uh, people that will take care of livestock, but also this cowboy hat is made of straw, so it reminds me of agriculture, reminds me of farmers and those that are growing food so that you and I can have uh, a great big Easter meal uh, together and then food on our table. So we can give God thanks for our farmers and our ranchers and all those that are, are working uh, so that we can have food. All right. What about this one? Construction worker or builders. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't even be in a place like this unless we had people that were willing to put on hats like this and, and use their skills to, to craft and, and build things like this. And you know what? They weren't called essential workers by our government, but they are absolutely essential as they're laying the foundation uh, for us to have buildings and, and safe places to gather uh, like this for worship. So thank you for that. Now, there are some professions that I don't have hats for that we need to say thank you for. Uh, I think of our military. Um, I didn't want to wear any of the military hats today um, when I don't have them. But we can thank men and women uh, who are serving in our armed forces. They're essential. They're keeping us safe. Um, I don't know if there's a hat for for teachers, any of my teachers, you, you're always wearing different hats, 
right? Uh, here in our school, we had a little bit of fun, and so some of our teachers wore around hats like this for a day, and it, it's kind of nice. It takes the, the heat of the lamps off of my head, right? So, you know, we have teachers that are willing to look goofy, uh, teachers that are willing to, to do whatever it takes to make sure that you learn uh, everything that you need to learn. And here in school at, at St. Lawrence, they even get to, to put on a different hat. And that hat could be one of a, a listener. Uh, it could be someone that's willing to pray with you. Uh, it could be a coach. It could be a referee. Uh, they, the, our teachers here have to do a, wear a number of hats, kind of like your moms and dads. They have to wear different hats uh, throughout the day also. Here's a hat that's kind of important to our community here in Frankenmuth. What's this kind of a hat? Chef hat. Yeah, we have a whole handful of restaurants. Some families are going to be gathering for Easter dinner at one of these restaurants. And just, it's just a good thing. Anybody want to be a chef when they grow up? I have no idea. You have no idea what you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> All right. Keep your mind open. You never know. God could say, you're going to be the chef, okay? And, and just, you just go if God tells you to go. All right. But you know, boys and girls, there's a hat that's only been worn once in all of human history. And I'm going to show you that hat right now. I've brought it with me to church before, and I think you've seen it before. And you know what? Even the world that doesn't know about him, when they see this, they understand what's going on. Do you know what? Yeah, it's a crown of thorns. Do you know this, this thing is not a very comfortable hat to wear? If I would put it on my head, uh, my shirt would be red right now. But um, Jesus wore this. And when Jesus went to the cross, there were a group of pretty bad men, some soldiers, some pretty bad soldiers uh, that were mocking him. They, they, were, they were saying, you call yourself a king? <laughs> yeah, right. And so they, they went, and, and they didn't know what they were doing, and I'm going to talk to the grown-ups about this in a little bit. Uh, but they took this crown of thorns, and they weaved it all together, and they slammed it on his head, and they mocked him. And that's what we celebrated on Friday with Good Friday when Jesus went to the cross for us. Boys and girls, Jesus went there so that you and I would never understand the, the ultimate pain and separation that God would exact on each one of us because of sin. And that's why we're here today, uh, is to, to have a reason to have hope that God conquered everything for us and that Jesus is our king. And he's going to come back and he's not going to wear a throne like this, a crown like this. He's going to have a beautiful crown. And, and you, boys and girls, will also have a, a beautiful crown as well. But what do we do in the meantime? You and I have been baptized, and so we can remember every time we wake up that we are princes and princesses, uh, daughters and sons of the king. And one of the ways that we can do that is we can touch our crown, which is this, our head, right? And you can make a sign of the cross. You start with your head, you move to your heart for Jesus, and then you cross your heart with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so you make the sign of the cross every morning. It remembers our baptism. So boys and girls, let's do that now. Ready? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That reminds you, if you wake up in the morning, that you're a, a daughter or a son of the king who came for you and laid his life down for you, uh, and he's going to see you through everything. All right? So let's... Uh, Go ahead and bow our heads, and we're going to get set for our, our message now.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of you going to the cross for us, uh, sending your son to go to the cross for us. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for the hope that it means for your children. Uh, and Lord, there's, there's a whole host of people that don't know you as king. They don't even know you at all. Uh, and so we pray that you would use the church Use the message of hope that we get to carry each and every day uh, so that lives would be touched and more and more, more people would be saved. Amen. All right, as I get set to talk about a message, if you did not receive one of these little kits, boys and girls, and you would like one on the way home, there's some sticker and there's some other things that you can take uh, and just get the Easter story out. Uh, there are end crosses that are by these doors on the way out today. You can pick one up, okay? If you did get one, that's great. Um, but we had a whole host of volunteers that wanted to make sure that we had that chance. All right. There's another thing that I want you to do, boys and girls, as I'm talking about my message today. There's a phrase that I'm going to say a handful of times. It's called, long live the king. Can you say that phrase with me on the count of three? One, two, three. All right, I heard a couple of grown-ups, but we need all the boys and girls that are here, all right, to say long live the king. On the count of three. One, two, three. All right, there are more grown-ups, but they'll get there eventually. Otherwise, we'll just keep preaching uh, the sermon. All right, so that first Easter was much like we entered into this place. Not a lot of color, not a lot of reason to have hope. Kind of wondering what was going on as you walked in here. Uh, no band up here in the front. Uh, there was no band on that first Easter. The, anybody that was Christian was hiding because they were afraid that they too would meet the same fate that Jesus met. They were afraid. And so nobody was doing much. Friday, Saturday, Sunday came. A handful of ladies decided to go check out the tomb. They wanted to anoint Jesus' body. They wanted to pay respects. And when they got there, the, the tomb was empty. The, the, the stone was rolled away. And, and, and we heard in the gospel that was read in that opening song on that, that we had at the beginning of worship this morning where Mary Magdalene was weeping because when she looked in the tomb, it was empty and she had no idea what that meant. She, she thought something bad had happened. So, some evil person came and took my Lord and they took him away and they did things. What? Why? Why can't we even just honor him, the one that you took from us. And she was crying and she was devastated. She didn't understand what was happening. Actually, none of the disciples understood on that first Easter. And so, all of a sudden, though, there was this gardener there. And, and she looks at this gardener and she says, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me and, and I will bring him, I will take him where he needs to go. All by herself. And then that gardener said a simple phrase that changed Mary's life forever, and it was simply her name. He says, Mary. And that gardener revealed himself to be Jesus, who has risen from the dead. That gardener revealed himself to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords over her life and, and all life, and it changed everything for her. And it changes everything for you and for me. The God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow changes everything. Easter changes everything. And I hope that gives you, I hope, that gives you hope. I hope that fills your heart with, with a reason to go out of this place and just live for the king. 
The one true king. Because let me show you, grown-ups, here's what those Roman soldiers did not realize that they were doing when they grabbed that group of thorns and they twisted it together. They were actually signaling something that takes us all the way back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. When God pronounced judgment on the world because Adam and Eve fell into sin, he looked right at Adam and he says, because you've disobeyed me, you will now be working through the sweat of your brow and the, and the toil of your hands and, and thorns and thistles. In other words, this is a symbol of the curse. And those soldiers, they took that curse and they bound it up and, into like these vines and they, and they slammed it on the one who had become the curse and carry that curse to the cross. Do you see the imagery? Even God knew that was gonna take place, right? So the curse is going to the cross and Jesus is doing away with it once and for all. The curse can no longer hurt us. The power of sin can no longer hurt us and that's what gives us hope. That changes everything. And it's just a profound reminder uh, and just a, an image of the gospel right there, the good news of Jesus. And when, when Jesus burst forth from the tomb on that Easter morning, that first Easter morning, he conquered sin, death, and the devil. And that's good news because here's what's happening. Easter 2021, you and I are still being mastered. We still have our allegiances to another king. That's the, the king of either me, myself, and I, or the king of sin, death, and the devil. You see, those are the things that we're really owing our allegiance to. And, and we, need to, we need help. We need someone that's going to put that to rest for us. And, and that's what, what Jesus did. Let me bring it home even further. We've been living in a time and an age, the last 13 months or so, where we've had new phrases come at us, like essential worker or shelter in place or quarantine or coronavirus or all these things that are trying to rob us of our joy and, and, and give us a reason to have hope. We've had businesses have to close their doors permanently because of the devastation that this virus has hit or some of the decisions behind this virus has hit. Uh, there's, there's hospital systems that at times has been strained. You and I, we were longing to gather for Easter last year in person, and, and we couldn't. I had to stand outside in a cemetery three days before Easter last year, record a, a sermon out in a cemetery, and we just broadcast it so that we could at least have some kind of a church service last Easter. So this Easter, for you and me to be able to gather here in this place some two years in the making, uh, it's been two years since we've been able to celebrate Easter together in person, and thanks be to God that he's He's made it happen. We're starting to see a little glimmer of hope and, and we're starting to have a reason to celebrate again. And we will. We will. But here's, here's the thing. We've been mastered and, and we need to own that. And I'm going to help you now with this phrase, long live the king. I don't know if you understand the history of that phrase. There's actually more to it. It's only been around for about 600 years or so. And it actually came out of the French nation some 600 years ago. And, and there was more to it. There was a king named King Charles VI. 
right around the 1300s and into early 1400s. And, and he was a, a young kid when he became king and he was loved by his nation. Uh, the, the French nation just loved on him, doted on him because he was doing some, some neat things. But as life happened, he developed an illness. And that illness, some say, was, was uh, anxiety or, or fear, paranoia, to be exact. And he was known as the Mad King. And any time he made a decision, he made decisions out of fear, fear for his own well-being. And, and he would in power for like 40 years. And by the time he went to be with the Lord, his nation was left in shambles. It was just absolutely devastated. It was turned on its head. And the French nation didn't know if it was going to be able to continue. And then there was a coined phrase. It said this. It said, the king is dead. Long live the king. The mad king is dead, basically. Long live the king. And what that message of hope was, was, hey, even though there's one person, one thing that's kind of turned social order on its head, one thing that's turned our world upside down, We know that the kingdom is going to last forever. That's what the French people were saying back then. And so they coined this phrase, the king is dead, long live the king. So despite any bad ruler or good ruler, they knew the nation was going to last. And so over the ages, they've had this phrase, long live the king. All right, boys and girls, will you say that with me again? One, two, three. Long live the king. How does that help us here in the United States? Because we don't have kings like that. But we have been mastered. Things that have turned our world upside down and turned it on its head. Uh, we're, we're wondering, is order going to be restored? Right? Yes, it will be. That's because of what Jesus has done. So I'm going to say a handful of phrases, kind of like the king is dead, but I'm going to point to those things that have been mastering us. And then I would like to have you respond with long live the king. Can you do that, everybody? Right? So, for example, um, sin is powerless over us. And then we would say long live the king. Okay? So... Sin is powerless over us. The devil cannot hurt us. Death has been swallowed up in victory. That's right. Sin, death, and the devil. Everything that would want to master us, we no longer have to pay allegiance to anymore because we have the true king, the one that's promised to come again, the one that has said he is... He's coming for you and for me, and he's given us that promise. And and we're going to profess that, and we're going to partake of it uh, in in communion in just a little while. But we have a a reason to have hope. The the coronavirus will no longer hurt us at some point. Whatever the world tries to throw at us in the next couple of years is not going to ultimately destroy us because we have the true king. And on that last Easter when he gathers all of his people. He's not just going to say one name, Mary. He's going to say your name and my name. He's going to invite us into his presence. And, and we have that hope, right? We have the hope from 1 Corinthians 15 where it says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is the law. But thanks be to God, we have Christ Jesus who did everything for us and changed everything for us. And we as Christians have a universal saying, not just long live the king. We say a phrase that is established since Jesus has been risen from the dead. And he's going to continue to reign and rise for all eternity. And you know what that Easter greeting is. 
And I'm gonna invite you to say that now with me, right? Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. So let's do that. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now I'd like to have you do that uh, so that others know the hope that we have, right? So that we're just shaking this place. Ready? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter.